Elmar, you've been great! Get home safely! Good night! You're still here? Okay, okay, one more number. I call this one, The Legend Will Never Die! We interrupt this program to bring you... Everybody, my name is Kevin, and I'm John, and we are the Real Movie Guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Review, the series where we review and discuss all your favorite movies. On today's episode, we're taking a look at Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, directed by Joel Crawford and Joel Marcondo, starring Antonio Banderas, Selma Hayek, and Harvey Gillen. When Puss in Boots discovers that his passion for adventure has taken its toll and he has burned through eight of his nine lives, he launches an epic journey to restore them by finding the mythical last wish. John, I have to tell you, I am incredibly surprised by this movie. Uh, Shrek's been out of the zeitgeist for quite a while now, you would say, right? I, the last movie, I think, I think Puss in Boots wasn't even the last movie. It wasn't Shrek the fourth one, I think, whatever. I think that was the last actual shrek entry in the series uh but puss in boots it's been a developmental hell for quite a long time and honestly i didn't think anything of this movie at first when i first heard it was announced uh trailer looked mildly interesting you know what i mean i, I know it was about his nine you know he's lost most of his lives and he's on his last life it didn't do that much for me except the art direction did look interesting but after having watched puss in boots man this is probably if not the best animated feature of 2022 and I guess 2023, based on when I watched it, because I absolutely fell in love with this movie. Uh, what are some of your early thoughts with this film? Yeah, well, like, going into this movie, I didn't expect really anything or to even enjoy this movie as much as I did. I just went into it kind of like, all right, this is another one where you're going to have to get through some of that childish little humor here and there and the little things that don't make really sense or anything like that. But after watching this whole movie... There are so many good things about this movie that just kind of drew you in. And it also, just, it, I don't think the movie was even that long. I feel like it was only like an hour and a half, maybe, mm -hmm. which I feel is like a good running time for children's movies. Right. No, I'd have to agree with you. It did move relatively quick. And even if it isn't that short, it, it feels like that. It feels relatively quick paced and nothing feels like extra in the movie or anything like that. So that's always good for a kid's film, right? Because that's going to entertain the kids and the adults at the same time, I think. But more so than that, I think Puss in Boots is like the perfect blend of a child's film and a film for adults because the theming in this movie really isn't for kids but it's not so taken away from them where they won't understand it but before we dive into that i just want to talk about the idea that puss in boots as a character still exists is something that blows me away right uh, originally puss in boots was conceived as being the the zorro knockoff where antonio banderas was doing a voice of a character in the shrek the second movie right shrek shrek 2 i believe he debuted in uh, that's where we saw Puss in Boots for the first time, and it was supposed to be a joke character, and now look, he's in a standalone movie, and Antonio Banderas, man, he's absolutely stealing the show with this movie. His vocal performance, he hasn't missed a beat as Puss in Boots, I don't think. Uh, what did you think of his performance? No, yeah, I thought it was an A-plus performance for, by him. <laughs> I thought he also seems like he actually cares about the character, too, that he's playing. He's not just mailing it in. 
I feel like he takes his role very seriously. Right, and ironically, for, for an orange cat. <laughs> yeah, for like a character you wouldn't think that you would like that he could see himself maybe in, but he does the role very well, and it's it's almost like you can't see anybody else doing it. I as couldn't. Good as he's doing it. Yeah, I couldn't. Any anybody else trying to even intent, you know impersonate Antonio Banderas, I don't think it would work as well because he just he nails this character, not even just like the more funny moments because of course you know you have the overconfident puss in boots who's you know ready to take on any threat that comes his way but he also captures those really deep emotional moments with again this movie does extremely well uh, also introduced which i honestly i'll tell you i skipped the last puss in boots movie i couldn't tell you anything that happened in it i saw that and i was like that's a quick crash grab which you know at first this movie kind of gives that aura too it's just a cash grab on the shrek name which clearly you know by our early thoughts here it's not uh, Selma Hayek's character, uh, Kitty Softpaws, I thought she was pretty good too, actually. I, I didn't, you know, I didn't dislike her character. I thought she was a nice foil for the suave Antonio Banderas, the strong female lead. Uh, it's really nice to see that. I, I thought she did a really good job too. Yeah, definitely. She, she played off, they both played off each other well. I thought yeah, that, the chemistry it, felt very natural to me, almost as yeah, if they've definitely. been doing this for years, it feels like. Yeah, or they've been working at it for a while. Yeah, especially for a character I had no idea. You know, I, I got a little nervous, too, when I saw her. Because I'm like, oh, yeah, I think she's from the last movie. But honestly, not even I've seen that last Puss in Boots movie, it didn't impact my enjoyment whatsoever in this movie. And even more so, not seeing another Shrek movie, uh, this movie really doesn't tie itself to the franchise of Shrek besides a few couple moments and then the end where they teased, you know, a continuation of the series. But other than that, this movie's a complete standalone in its own story, which I, I think that's really good. I think that's really accessible for people. No, yeah, definitely. I think it... It's also one of those things, too, like, you were pleasantly surprised after watching this movie, which you don't really get a lot of. Mm -hmm. Most times, a lot of movies you'll go into and you're expecting the worst or not even just not expecting anything and you come out and you're just like, eh, it's kind of what I got. But right. This movie was like a great big surprise. Yeah. And I want to talk more about the performances, but I think that's actually going to tie into me talking a little bit more about the plot here. So essentially what happens is Puss in Boots, you know, he runs out of lives. He's on his last life. You know, he's had these funny, hilarious situations where he's lost all his lives because of his overconfidence, his cockiness. Uh, he's on his last life. So he goes to a, a home for cats, essentially, where he's going to live out the rest of his days all sad and depressed. And then he met, meets Dog. I won't spoil the dog's name because he doesn't actually have a name. Uh, but Harvey Gillen, who's famous for What We Do in the Shadows, it's a popular FX TV series about vampires, delivers a, a hilarious performance. I his, his character as the dog in this movie is actually the perfect foil for Antonio Banderas's overconfident, overzealous puss in boots, where he's just super happy, super positive, nothing in this world gets him down. I think kids are really going to gravitate towards that character, because even as an adult, I found myself just really enjoying all his dialogue and banter with Antonio Banderas there. Yeah, well, also, like, with him and Selma Hayek, he also worked well with yeah. the dog, too. It was just, like, the, the chemistry mm -hmm. between these characters seemed like They've been working at it for a while, not like thrown together like, oh, they don't really like each other. It seemed like the way that they worked together was very cohesive. 
Right, right. And all the voice acting's phenomenal in that regard. And like I said, we're just, we're just talking about the chemistry, but the story itself, I think, really needs to take a lot of credit here because what they do with these characters is they, they multi-layer their emotions, and we get some of the strongest scenes I've seen in animation in a long time. Uh, there's one scene where we... Because the whole movie, essentially, is about Puss in Boots kind of having an existential crisis about his life, and there's a beautifully rendered scene in this movie where he has essentially a panic attack and i know it's been trending online so a lot of people have probably seen it by now where he's just like he's holding his chest and he's breathing heavy and the dog comes next to him and just lays next to him and helps him like ease through that panic attack that's incredibly relatable and i think that's a good thing to show kids that they can overpower through some of these scarier and darker things because uh, this movie does that in spades uh, this movie's incredibly dark uh, surprisingly, uh, I wouldn't say it's terrifying, but definitely darker than you would think because uh, the antagonist, Wolf, uh, is constantly chasing Puss in Boots, wanting to take his last life to claim it for his own. And not until the end do we discover who he really is. And they really don't mess around, John. I, I, this, again, this movie really surprised me with how dark it wanted to be with that. Oh, yeah. And I thought that he also, the Wolf character, was very well played, too. So in this cool. And- he worked out so well, and just the way that they had him, even the way that they introduced him at the first time you see him, where he's like the bounty hunter and stuff, you just feel the aura around him. Right. It's such a bad aura, but you just know that you're really liking this character, mm-hmm. but his aura and everything just around him, you just know that he's like going to be there for a while. Right. At one part, you think it's going to be like, all right, he's going to get through this guy like really quick, but then they kind of show you like, Puss, Puss and Boots still has to go through a lot of stuff just to overtake this guy. Right, and he's not the only antagonist we have in this movie. Uh, we also get uh, John Mulaney versus uh, Jack Horner, the boy who stuck his thumb in the pie, uh, doing an incredibly performance, not only because John Mulaney is actually pretty funny, but the fact is... Jack Horner, they, they have a couple jokes going throughout the film where they're trying to redeem him as like, oh, there's good in this guy. And he's just like, no, I'm just straight up a bad guy. Not at all. I don't know why you keep trying to do this. And uh, they actually have a, a Jimmy Stewart doing a uh, impression for a, a Jiminy Cricket who's trying to be like his conscience at, towards the latter end of the movie. And I, I was cracking up the whole time. And that was like one of my favorite parts where he's like, oh, I'm trying to redeem you, Jack Horner. I don't know what you're trying to do here. It was great. I, I absolutely love that. I think that was a really great foil. And it's nice to just have a bad guy that's just bad. You know, I feel like we don't get that anymore where we always have to have some kind of redeeming quality or some, you know, oh, we have to feel bad. for. No, Jack Horner's just a piece of crap. And I, I like that. I think that's great to have in a kid's movie too. Just keep keep the roles clear, right? Black and white. <laughs> yeah, or like they always try to make it there's a reason why he's bad or so. And this no, one, no, no reason, just no, bad. No, it's funny because that's like a fairy tale, right? And that, that kind of adds to that whole like Shrek feeling of this movie, which I think it captures incredibly well, uh, considering it doesn't look like Shrek, which we're going to talk about a little bit later. Uh, this movie really feels like it takes place in the Shrek universe. I know when me and you watched it, that was the first thing I told you. I'm like, you know, this doesn't look like Shrek, but based on just like the characters, uh, like the other antagonist in this movie, uh, we have Goldilocks and the Three Bears. They're like a, a retelling of those characters, which I think Shrek was always famous for, where it took like the fairy tale characters and it kind of twisted them and made them a little unique and different. Uh, Goldilocks is just some orphan who stumbled upon these bears and they're like a crime family and they're trying to find the last wish for themselves. I think that's really cool, and I, I think that works in the, the vein of the Shrek universe with those characters. Well, I also think that their little story is kind of unique and interesting, too, because Goldie's 
wants to get the last wish for her so she can have a family. And then she realizes throughout most of the movie that they're all together. So they're kind of like their own little family right? in a way. So it's like a little story within a big story. Right. I think makes it interesting for kids because then they catch on to these little things. Yeah, and it ties in nicely to Dog wanting to find his own place in the world. It also ties in nicely to Puss in Boots to find his own existence and to find a uniqueness in his life, something special to hold on to, uh, which the idea of the wishing star, which is always that cliche thing that's in every Disney movie, which is the antithesis for many a story within that universe, those universes. Uh, I think that works for this film extremely well, and they, they crafted an excellent story. Even if maybe the argument can be made, it's a bit predictable, right throughout this movie like you, you know what's going to happen right you know they these characters will get together they'll find this they'll find that uh, the only thing maybe was the dog was a little bit off or um wolf i should say was a little bit uh, unique with what they did there i, I don't want to spoil it because i think it was really cool but again overall i think it, while you can predict it predictability is not always a negative thing as we've said before on the channel if you do it poorly and it's predictable yeah it's going to stand out it's going to be terrible but if you executed excellently like this movie does i don't see a problem with it i think it actually works to, and lends itself to being more timeless that way no oh, yeah definitely another thing which we we have to talk about the elephant in the room with this movie and that's the animation oh my god john not since spider-verse have i been that impressed with a movie and its animation uh it, it takes the best parts of spider-verse in my opinion which were those like action scenes where they were quick and jaggedy motioned and it also combines a little bit of the elementing of Shrek. Because, I, like I said earlier, we're talking about the feeling of this movie. When there's not a lot of action going on, it does feel like a Shrek movie at times. Especially with the animation just more heightened, uh, more vibrant. You commented quite a few times, too, how colorful the movie was. There's a beautiful color palette with this film. It's always very bright and warming. And even the darker scenes, while there is dark to them... They still feel almost inviting as well. Like no, Nothing feels too off-putting for the audience, I think. And that's where this movie really succeeds in that regard. But the blend of 3D visual with an almost 2D watercolor palette at times just heightens this movie to levels I, I didn't think possible were with animation. I think it's, as of right now, I would say, you know, as of 2023 in January, as we're talking about this, I think this is the most beautiful movie made to date as far as animation right now. Yeah, no, definitely, and that was one. That's one of the things that I think with all this, all these new TVs that are coming out with everything, I think feel like it helps notice the detail. And it seems like when making this movie, they took time to right. go through those details to pick these certain colors that would stand out, to pick these certain things that would just like pop to your eye, which I feel like makes movies even better when they're visually appealing yeah that just... visual appealing uh, especially for a younger audience right like when you have a younger child that that's the first thing they're going to notice and they're going to take away with uh you were talking about wolf and how intimidating he was and the scenes where you know they don't want him to be they kind of pull back on some of the tones but when they want him to be terrifying holy crap they do a good job uh his eyes will glow uh they do that thing where like a dog's eyes glow like the white when there's like a light shined in their eye and they exaggerate his movements they stretch his features uh something you can't do in 3d animation which i so so appreciate is it takes that hand-drawn art style of where you can stretch a character and make their body do things that aren't necessarily natural right they're, they're definitely over exaggerated uh they, they take that and they put it in a 3d environment 
And I think it's just so good. Like, there's really no other words for it. And until you see it, it's hard to believe it even exists. No, definitely, yeah. Right, and even the action scenes too, John, right? The, the action scenes, I think, benefit from this style of art because they have a 3D camera. Uh, normally in hand-drawn, you're shown one perspective of a battle and you have to constantly cut the camera in order to get different perspectives of what's going on. In this movie, they actually utilize a rotating camera and that's incredibly hard to do, you know, especially because you have to capture something hand-drawn in different perspectives and make sure it flows and looks right. Um, I saw a couple people talking online. Uh, this movie actually took a lot of inspiration from a lot of anime scenes for its action. And it kind of shows. Uh, one reference was that earlier in this movie, there's a giant that Puss in Boots is fighting. Uh, some people said it was very reminiscent of what they do in Attack on Titan, which is a very popular anime where, you know, he's running on the rooftops and they're trying to go after these giants. It's, it's a very similar scene and you can see the influence there but Puss in Boots just takes it to a whole new level uh, a lot of these action scenes these set pieces I'm not going to forget uh, especially the climactic one which we have with Wolf versus Puss in Boots man I, I told you I was sitting there with my jaw dropped when we were watching that because I, I thought that was incredibly impressive just overall as a technical level uh, everything execution with the sound design this, this movie does a really good job with that yeah no, definitely it definitely was one of those movies that kind of blows you away with all the great stuff that they did throughout this movie, especially for it just being a kid's movie. Right, and I think, like I said, the lessons learned, I think, are going to make this movie more timeless and appear easier for people to remember. Like I said, as an adult, we're going to take away more of what's going on with the Puss in Boots situation where we see him, you know questioning his life and what to do with that one life that you're given and how special it is uh kids are going to relate more to maybe the dog character where you know he's finding his family and finding his spot in life but again all these themes while incredibly simple are incredibly well executed and i think i think this movie's going to stand the test of time maybe maybe and i'm going to say this is going to be controversial i think even to some extent a little more than shrek does because shrek while it's timeless in its own right, it's also it's already seen age with some of its references and some of its jokes. Uh, Puss in Boots isn't gonna have that 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 monkey on its back, if I would say that. I think it's gonna be able to stand a lot more than that. But I think we're ready to give our final scores. I'm gonna give Puss in Boots: The Last Wish, the first of the season, a ten out of ten. What's the matter? Lives flashing before your eyes? No. Just one. I'm done running. Fear me if you dare. <laughs> this is gonna be fun. Puss in Boots, I think, is a new classic, guys. I and you don't know, I have no idea how hard that was for me to say because, again, no expectations going into this. Maybe I thought it would be fine to average as best. This movie blew me away. I think the theming's great. The animation has amazed me on a technical level that I, I haven't seen before. I Honestly, it puts Disney and other animation studios to shame with how well they executed it. Even a little better than Sony, who invented it with Spider-Verse. Uh, this movie's fantastic. It's great for the family. Uh, adults, kids, you're going to have a great time with Puss in Boots. I can't recommend it enough. You need to watch it as soon as you can. John, where do you stand with this film? I give this one a nine. Okay, okay, here we go. You're all a bunch of knuckle-dragging, honey-scrounging, grub oafish munching mangy nugget and your snooter. I like the cut of his jeep. I feel like this movie was very good. So many great things that I wasn't expecting from this movie. 
And it also, it does give you that thing where you kind of want to go back and watch the other Shrek movies mm-hmm. and the other Puss in Boots movies, but you're just like, I really want this to stay in my head. It's one of those movies that you would watch again, definitely. Oh, yeah, for sure. And like I said, Puss in Boots, it just it feels timeless to me. I, I couldn't find really anything negative. So usually I have something kind of negative I want to throw out here. Uh, this movie didn't do that for me. I didn't have really anything bad I had to say. Uh, all the references are great. Uh, the jokes land almost all of the time, which is very rare, I think, in a movie. Uh, Puss in Boots is just such a charming character, and I can't wait to see, uh, with the end of this movie, they did tease a return to the Shrek universe. Uh, DreamWorks is on fire right now. I cannot wait to see where they go with this. Uh, but what did you guys think? Did you guys watch Puss in Boots, The Last Witch? Is it great? Am I overrating it? Is John underrating it? Are we right in the middle somewhere, maybe? Let us know in the comments below what you guys thought. But... Thank you guys so much for joining us for this episode of The Real Review. My name's Kevin. That guy over there, he is John. We are your real movie guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. We'll see you next time. If you guys like what you've seen here today, consider giving this video a like and leaving your thoughts in the comments below. If you want to stay up to date with everything Real Movie Guys related, make sure to hit that subscribe button and check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. And don't forget all you audio listeners at home, we are available on many podcasting platforms. Just search The Real Movie Guys, you should pop right up. Thank you again all so much for joining us on this episode of The Real Review. We are The Real Movie Guys. Real guys, real movies, real thoughts. Catch you next time.